well, nobody needs to tell you we're living in a strange time. <laughs> uh, it gets stranger by the, uh, by the day. Would you agree with that? I do want to just, before I even get into my message, I'm talking about faith till the end. It does look like we're living in the time just prior to, to Jesus' return. If you wondered what it would be like just before Jesus comes back, here it is. Volatile, uh, uneasy, unsettling, because it's also a time of judgment. Now, Jesus took our judgment. Is that good news or not? So he's not judging us, but he is judging the sin that is corrupted and perverted, a once pristine, perfect world. And Jesus is coming back to make all things right, to dispossess Satan of his ability to be here and steal, kill, and destroy all of the fallen angels, demon spirits that work with him, and human personalities that uh, have chosen to go on a selfish uh, bend and listen to the God of this age, the devil, and they're all going to be judged one day. And this is so this is a time of judgments. Uh, Hebrews 6 talks about eternal judgments. We're in the middle of it right now. The uh, What people typically call the tribulation has not started yet, but y'all, we are on the edge. Things are lining up in an uncanny way. And uh, I just, uh, on my podcast, let's see, it'll air this uh, next week, Thursday, uh, gave an encouragement so I wanted to mention to the Sunday morning crowd too. This really is, don't live week to week. Did y'all hear me? I pause for uh, emphasis. Don't live week to week. Uh, you you want to have some cash on hand. Uh, you want to have some food. Take care of your family. Men, take care of your family. If you're a single parent, mother, take care of your family. Get some extra. Don't, don't wait. And then one day you go to the grocery store and it ain't there. Okay? So a word to the wise, uh, ask God, seek God. God will speak to couples about their finances. Everything is volatile. I have a lot I could say, but I'm not going to. Maybe I'll share some of these things on my podcast, but we are in a volatile time. So again, uh, just don't follow the crowd thinking all is well. Underneath the surface, there's a whole lot brewing. How many hear what I'm saying? And, and if you're uh, spiritually intuitive, you know it and you feel it, Right? But see, the cool thing about it is in the middle of all that, God takes care of his people. He always, God has always taken care of his people. What did God do for Noah? Provided an ark when the flood came. What did God do for the children of Israel through Joseph? He provided for them in a famine. What did God do for, God, what did God do for, for his people through Moses? Man, he cut a path through water. I mean, what did God do for a, for a prophet who had no food? He brought food for him in a raven's beak. Do you think God can't meet your needs? You better think again. How many hear me? So that's the reason I'm talking about what I'm talking about. It's called Faith Till the End. This is lesson three. I just really want to uh, do, give you some just simple precepts about walking with God and, and, and walking by faith. Faith is a heart relationship between you and God. There's no such thing as, as having faith with God without being close to him. In fact, one guy uh, I read after, he was uh, born in 1860, died in 1947 or 8. He says, uh, fellowship is the mother of faith. There is no faith without close relationship with Jesus. So what I'm talking about today is not for the person that's living their own self-centered life, doing what they want to do to the disregard of God, his ways, his precepts, his principles, his love, his kindness, his provision. No, no, they're not turning a deaf ear. A person in faith listens to him intently and really uh, patterns their life after him and his son, the Lord Jesus. Yes or no? So again, fellowship is the mother of faith. The greater the fellowship, 
the greater the faith. And I want to talk to you about believing in what you cannot see today. 1 John 5, 4, whatever's born of God overcomes the world, the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So, you know, the good news is whatever's coming down the path before Jesus returns in the rapture of the church to catch us away, uh, regardless, God's promised to see us through it make a way for us. Yes or no? And uh, in the hard place, we can be provided for. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. So the very idea of faith is faith in things that look like they are not there. Faith in God is faith in someone that you can't see. The only way you know he exists is through his word and then through the word by his spirit. You don't know God except through the word, yes or no. So it goes without saying, the more I get acquainted with God through his word, then the, the greater the capacity for faith is in my life. Yes or no? The less I'd have anything to do with the word, the less my faith will be available. Did you hear me? That's the reason for me, I spend quite a bit. In fact, I was working in my yard uh, yesterday morning, study yesterday afternoon. But, um, uh, you know, I had my earbuds plugged in and I, was, I listened to the whole book of Revelation, <laughs> the whole thing. And the book of Jude, and then turn them off and meditate it for a while. But, um, you know, the idea is keep the word going. When I wake up at night, I don't count sheep. I, I, I meditate on scripture that I have memorized. I'm, this, listen, this is a time to memorize scripture. It's a time to get close to God. It's not a time to go do your own thing and party. I had one amen. What about the rest? You agree? So again, living by faith is a personal relationship with the Lord. So I've talked about Abraham's faith and how God, how God had he and his wife uh, bear a child in old age. Abraham was 100, Sarah was 90. We went through that in detail. Jesus uh, gave the uh, disciples a pattern of faith by speaking to a fig tree and it withered. And he, he talked about speaking to mountains and they would be to be removed and, and, and be gone. And, and that would happen and then... Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive and you will have. And then last week, we talked about the fact that when you come to the Lord, how many know God places in you, uh, deposits in you a measure or the measure of faith. He gives you faith to believe and trust in things you can't see. I mean, that's the cool thing. So every person, if you know Jesus, God has given you uh, uh, a measure of his own faith, and God's faith acts a certain way. So we're going to talk about that today. Faith, again, is a gift that's given to us by Jesus. A little bit goes a long way. He talks about, uh, we talked yet last week about a seed that's planted in the ground, and it grows a little bit at a time. You see the blade come up out of the ground, and, and then it grows, and then it sprouts, and gets bigger, and it bears fruit. And faith is a little bit at a time. It goes, faith is incremental in your life. You'll never trust God for something big until you trust God for things that are small. We talked about that in fair detail last week. Today, again, um, I'm uh, um, talking about, uh, again, eight things to know about faith. The first one, we didn't even get through the first one last week, which, which is that faith is a gift given to you by Jesus, and we're still there. Here's the thing I want you to know about faith. Everything that we need already exists in God. So point number two, everything exists in two realms. First, the spiritual realm, then the physical realm. 
Now, you know, that's a concept that we need to learn to grasp. Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Let me ask a question. Who has blessed us? Who has blessed us? Is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? What? Oh, that's good. Past tense. Who has already blessed us, you could say, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. What does that mean? Well, they're in a place you can't see them. They're in the spiritual world. They exist, but you can't see them, and they're not, and they're not a part of your life yet. Everything you need is there. And then Second Peter agrees with that. Listen to what Peter said. He, he cabbaged on to what Paul said there, perhaps. Second Peter 1, 2 through 4, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Uh, what has he given us? All things that pertain to life and godliness. What is he saying there? Your natural life and your spiritual life. Watch, look at it again. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain, you could say, to our natural life and to our spiritual life. The things of God are not just for your spiritual life. Your spiritual life should spill over in everything you are. Everything you are naturally comes should come from your spiritual life. Yes or no? That's what he's saying there. His divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us uh, to glory and virtue by which we have, uh, has been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So he equates the word of God with the blessing of God and the availability of the blessing. So again, what I want to hone in on today is everything exists in two realms. First, the spiritual realm where you can't see it, you don't experience it, it looks like you don't have it, and then it manifests in the physical realm. Now, Hebrews 11.3, by faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen, watch, were not made of things which are visible. Sometimes go back in your Bible. Look at Genesis 1. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. Five, six or seven times, and God said. God spoke the worlds into to existence and created them from invisible things. Words, and we'll have a lesson sometime in the future, and we'll talk about words and faith. There's no such thing as faith coming from your heart uh, and, and just kind of going up to God without it coming through your mouth. So if you want to see where your faith is in any area of life, what are you saying about it? Now, i got to leave that alone because I could go there the rest of the time. So, so that's something to think about. Then Colossians chapter 1, we're talking about the fact that everything exists in two realms, spiritual realm, natural realm. Watch this. Colossians 1.15 says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. By him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. So according to that scripture, are there things that are visible? Yes. The correct answer is yes. They're on earth. Uh, are there things that are invisible? According to that scripture, where are they? In heaven. We just read it in Ephesians 1.3. Whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created through him, through Jesus, and for him. Then 2 Corinthians 4.18 
We'll, we'll get practical here in a minute. While we do not look at things which are seen. Whoa, whoa. How can you look at something not seen? You ever thought about that? How do you look at something's not seen? Did you know every time that you believe what the Bible says in the, in the face of contradiction, when it looks like it's not there, you're looking at things not seen. So how do you look at things not seen? With the eye of faith. What does eye of faith look at? It looks, first of all, at God's word and lastly at circumstances. So if I put the circumstances, you know, most people in our culture say, well, I believe it when I see it. Is that true? Seeing is believing. No, 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 no. They got it backwards. God said, you got to believe it before you see it. If I wait to see it, then I'm being led by my circumstances, by my flesh and my feelings. And that's the way our culture is. And if you go the way of our culture and do everything they do, you are going to fail in life and end up in the wrong place probably, right? But, but no, 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 God, God says that do it the other way. Don't do what the floor comes natural to the flesh. The natural thing to our humanness is to believe when we see. Well, I believe it when I see it. Well, no, no, do it backwards. Well, my dad had another word. Should I use that word? I always think of that. My dad was born in 1929, so he had a lot of, uh, you know, sayings. He called it bass backwards. You figure that out. I won't explain that any further. No, it's wrong. We do not look at, at the things which are seen. See, we don't gaze at our circumstances. That's what he's saying, right? But at the things which are not seen. Things which are seen are temporary. What does temporary mean? Subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. What is not seen? Well, when you first start trusting God and asking him to do something in your life, at first you can't see it. And you've got to believe it's there when you can't see it. Yes or no? Now, I didn't mean to say this, but you know, I came to the Lord when I was 18. And I didn't date for two, a couple of years after I came to the Lord. And because uh, he has had to clean the weeds out of my life. And, uh, and then I got to say, well, Lord, I had a bright yellow chair in my bedroom that my dad covered. It was an old chair, bright yellow. And we had chartreuse walls, by the way. And we had a black light with black light posters. I won't even go there. <laughs> so I still had that when I first came to the Lord. And I was sitting in that bright yellow chair. God, I'm lonely. I want, a, I want a girlfriend that one day will be my wife. And I remember I just looked up there. And in fact, I, the Bible I had at the time, it was called an open Bible. And I wrote in the back, Father, I ask you for a girlfriend. I believe I have a girlfriend. I still got it. I, have I ever showed you that, Sue? It's in the back. It's kind of strange. And you know what? There she sits. But I remember the weeks and months that I go to, I go to church or go to an outing or work, be working and here's two couples holding hands and they're looking at each other and, you know, they're in the car together and, you know, at the time we had benches in the front seat and, and, and you could see two heads with one body all sitting close together. And I think, and I kept thinking, one day I'll have one of those. I have me a girlfriend because I asked God. See, you got to believe for what you don't have and act like it's yours until it comes. How many understand that? That's the principle of faith. And it's across the board in every area of life. And that's important for us to know about our future as things uh, continue to devolve worldwide into a morass of mess. You can trust God will meet your needs. And it's going to have to be by looking at things you can't see.
So how you doing with that? How you doing with looking at things you can't see and acting like they're yours and being as, as happy and excited about them now as they would be if they're in your hand? Right? See, that's F-A-I-T-H. Abraham was required by God to call his, himself by that name, Abraham, father of a multitude. I mentioned for 25 years. God showed Joseph a dream. He saw his, his family doing obeisance before him, kneeling before him. He saw himself as a big ruler. He had to believe that. He had to believe that from the time he was 17 till the time he was 30. And then he went to prison. All of the, all of the, all of the circumstances went back ass, bass backwards. <laughs> Instead of being a ruler, he's in prison. You get it? Yeah, crazy. Then at 30 years of age, after 13 years of testing, God said, now's the time. Until, the, uh, un, until, his, uh, un, until his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him, the psalm said of Joseph. And you know God's word will trust, trust you. The opposite of that, John 20, 29, Jesus said to Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. See, Thomas was one of the crowd. Well, when I see him, I believe him. They say he resurrected from the dead. When I lay my eyeballs on him, he's too. I believe him. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet believed. You get it? And then Hebrews 11.1. 1. Listen, I love this New Century version. Faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. Now, when I read that, I think, how am I doing with that? How you doing with believing in things you can't see? Hmm. I have a good illustration, but before I go there, let me mention this naturally. Uh, you know, Wi-Fi is all around us right now. Yes or no? We have 11 Wi-Fi ports in this building, and uh, we have both public and private Wi-Fi here. Wi-Fi is simply sine waves, S-I-N-E. Sine waves that have little things attached to them. And uh, from those sine waves, if you have the right kind of device, they can be translated into email, text, videos, programs, all kinds of things. So while I'm talking to you, there are sine waves in the atmosphere from all kinds of things, yes or no? Potentially available to you if you've got the right kind of device to hook into and receive those waves. Is that true or false? So in our modern culture, people don't realize, but all the time, they're believing in things they can't see. And they're carrying around their phone, and their phone is a device that's able to tap in to the invisible things around them. You know, I see it all the time, riding my bike on the trail, somebody's on their phone, and they're take, taking advantage of the sine waves, right? So, so think about faith. See, see faith is the apparatus that connects with the spiritual realm, just like, just like your phone or your iPad or your computer attaches to a Wi-Fi and you download the things that you need and you send things that you need. Your faith does exactly the same thing. It works just like a Wi-Fi. Does that make sense? In the spiritual realm, and it connects to God, and, 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 but the issue with faith is you've got to believe it's working while it looks like it's not. A good illustration of that is, the, uh, is Elisha, the prophet, um, he and his servant were surrounded by the enemy army and uh, it's a great illustration of things existing in two realms, the spiritual realm 
the natural realm. Uh, Elisha was astute in the word of knowledge, a gift of the Spirit, whereby God revealed something to someone that they had no way of knowing mentally by any kind of observation that's revealed by the Holy Spirit. So Elisha's just kind of hanging out. Suddenly, suddenly he knows where the enemy army is being uh, told to go. And so he goes to the king of Israel and says, uh, the Syrian army is here. Don't go there. They're over there. Watch out there. They're over there. And, and the, and the, the uh, king of the enemy army said, something's wrong with this business. Who, who's, telling, who's telling the troops where we are? And they said, well, Elisha is. He's a prophet. And he hears from God. He got really upset. So he sent his whole army against Elisha. So here's the story. Break right into it. Verse 13, 2 Kings 6. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded. Speaking of Elisha. So I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha's at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram uh, sent a great army with many chariots, horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, went out. There were troops, horses, chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on, the, on our side than on theirs. So, so, you know, his servant could count to two. So he said, what'd you say? He said, there are more, Elisha said, there's more with us than there are with them. And there were probably 100,000 surrounding them. So he counted one, two. I can't count that high. One, two. What'd you say? More with us than are with him. One, two. And Elijah said, Elisha prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. When he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. They were in the spirit realm and they were there to deliver Elisha and his servant from the enemy. They couldn't see them, but they were there. God gave Elisha discerning of spirits that saw it in the spirit realm. Isn't that something? I love that story because that's the way faith is. You have to have what God said you have before you can see it. If, if, if you're going to receive from God, you've got to be willing and able to believe that God has already given you what he says he's given you before you can see or feel it. Yes or no? One problem with our modern culture, and it's even, it's even down into our spiritual life, we got a lot of people today that want to experience the presence of God. Music is behind me, y'all. It's coming from me. How can this be? Sine waves. <laughs> What was I just saying? <laughs> that was really odd. Oh, yeah. Even in our worship time, you know, people are wanting to experience the presence of Jesus. And there's, you know, you go to this meeting, you can go to that meeting, you get online, you go to, you know, you can tune in online. Lots of people praising God. There's one, uh, y'all ever heard of the Pentecostals? No, it's a group singing. Have y'all heard of them? I dare you to look this up on YouTube. They're awesome. 
They get to singing, and man, you got goose pimples on your goose pimples, and your hair standing. It's like, God, I feel the presence of God. Did you know sometimes God will withhold his presence from you? Because you're depending too much on the feeling. Did you know that? Do you know if you're going to grow spiritually, you got to be willing to believe in things you can't see? Then you got to be willing to act like they're there. Do you have any idea how many times a person like me, who has a public ministry of, of sharing the word, gets up and feels absolutely nothing? <laughs> you should try that sometimes. Or you're where I've been in, in uh, intense heat in, in the jungles of Africa, in the plains of Africa, not far from the Sahara, or you're in India where it's intensely hot, or you're wherever, and you feel nothing but aggravated and mean because everything's wrong and nothing's right. The schedule's wrong. Man, you got to preach. Did you know God will meet you where your faith is? And many has been the time I've said, God, I don't feel you, but I believe you. So how's your life? Can you trust God when it doesn't feel right? When it looks like nothing's happening. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance. Everybody say out loud the word substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word substance actually means a standing under, that which stands or is set under. It's a foundation. Really, some translations, in fact, I've got in my notes the uh, amplified. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. That word substance, I don't, didn't matter what the Greek word is, you wouldn't know it if I showed it to you. It's in the notes, and they're online. That Greek word means a title deed. Faith is a title deed. Susan and I, one of her uh, aunts uh, and uncles, we inherited some property along with her brother and aunt and uncle, and, uh, and it was a, we actually inherited a percentage of a fairly large farm. Now, the family that owned the farm there in our hometown had no idea originally that somebody else owned, and it was a lot, of, it was over 100 acres. They did not know somebody else owned that property, so then when they went to sell it and they started looking at the deed, the title deed, guess whose name's on the deed? Right there. And her brother, and her aunt and uncle. And we owned a percentage of that big old farm. They were not happy people. But when it come time to sell it and the lawyer attorney looked at it and said, well, guess what? You guys don't get all the proceeds. This other family owns a percentage. And guess what? We got a check in the mail one day. Isn't that awesome? So let me tell you, I know about title deeds. You could have never seen that property. I mean, it's a big old piece of property. But how did we know part of it was our title deed? You may need healing from Jesus. You may need finances, circumstances, yada, yada, whatever it is in life. How do you know it belongs to you? If you've got faith, you've got the title deed to it. Now, I live my life this way. I'm just telling you. And then it says uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, something that furnishes or tends to furnish proof as evidence, or evidence could be defined as that which supports the existence of something. So if you see, so if you see a contrail in the air, what's there ahead? 
What? An airplane, a jet, a swipe streak. If you see a wake in a lake, a big old wake with a foam and it's big and it's making waves, what does that tell you is ahead? You're right. Toys scattered in the front yard and all you can see is toys. What's there? So what does faith tell you? It tells you something exists that you can't see. You get it? See Hebrews 11, 1 amplified. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being the proof um, of things we don't see and the conviction of the reality. And then amplified ends it by saying faith perceives as perceiving as real fact what is not perceived to the senses. Here's a, a simple illustration. Let me see, I've got... Uh, let me just talk about it this way and I'll see how far I get with illustrations. I have some personal anecdotes. I learned in 1977, I mentioned, I think of this a few weeks ago, uh, one of the teachers in the, my first Bible school, I started in 1977. Anybody ever heard of Jerry Seville? He's from Texas, he's a Texan. And he came to our Bible school to teach the, the Bible school students as a special teacher one week. And uh, one thing he said sort of floored me in 1977. I was 19 years of age when I heard him say this. And I thought it was the oddest thing in the world, what he said. And he was talking about faith. In fact, he was in one of our classes and we had a class on faith. So he was teaching that class as a guest speaker. And he said this, and it really, at the time, I didn't understand it. He said this, you should exercise faith for everything. Even if you could buy it and you have the money, exercise faith for it instead because it will increase your ability to trust in things you can't see. And he said this, he said, he said trust God for a pencil if you need one, a pen. You could go out and buy it, but trust God. Trust him for a pair of socks or a shirt. Or a new pair of shoes. Well, you could go with your bank account and just go get you whatever you want. Now you can just buy it on Amazon and bring it to your door. Trust God. He said you'll get farther in your faith if you do that. I did not understand that at age 19. I did not. I said, this man's crazy. That's what I thought. Just go buy you a pencil. Just go buy you a pen. Just go buy you a tie. Go buy you a shirt, some shoes, socks. I didn't understand the principle. See, what you do in the little, you'll do in the big. If you can't trust God with something small, you'll never trust him for anything bigger. If you can't trust him for a bottle of water, how are you going to trust him for a meal for your family? You get it? So I've been doing this for a long time. This sounds odd. Now, I'm going to share some things. This is, my per this is how I live. And, you know, it's so much a part of me. It's kind of like, it's kind of like my hands. They're just part of me. You just don't think about your hands until you've got to use them. But I believe God every single time I go anywhere. Listen to this. I'm not making this up. See, faith is a personal relationship with Jesus. When I go anywhere and I have to park my big old Toyota Tundra red truck, I say, God, I need a nice parking spot for my truck. I ask in Jesus' name. Now, now you know, do I need to do that? No, but I do. And you know, every time God gives me a parking spot, I say, you know what that does? It shows me that I can trust my father 
And sometimes it's easy and say, well, look, I didn't even need to pray about that. There's 15 that I can see and I'm not even there yet. And other times, you know, I'm glad I did because, and I've had this happen many times. The moment I turn in, here's one that turns out of a parking place right in front of me and there it is. I get it. See, that, that helps me trust God. I know it sounds odd, but I, I trust God when I'm, I'm getting onto a busy freeway. Lord, help me to be safe all the way home. And then when I get home, I say, thank you, Lord. You know, Friday, did y'all see that big storm? Was that weird? That's called straight line winds, by the way. It's almost like a tornado. We had straight line winds peel the top off of our building in Oklahoma in 1980. It's really strange. But during that storm, I mean, my, my, I was at my son's house and my two uh, uh, granddaughter and grandson, they were grabbed hold of both my legs and went back to let go because they didn't want to win. And we went outside to look, you know. And, and so there, I, I said, God, I, I command that wind to go the other way in Jesus' name and not affect, because it looked like it was going to blow my son's huge trees down on his house. Susan was there. Is it true? Crazy. So I, I trusted God for that. Yesterday, watch this. Let me show you how faith works. See, what you do in the little, you'll do in the big. Um, <laughs> I was at Lowe's Home Improvement, and I uh, just planted about 140 vincas in my front yard. I know, I'm kind of strange, but... So I went to buy some, or they call them periwinkles. They're really hardy plants. So I got these two big pine trees, and they got circles of vincas. And so anyway, I was buying some more, and um, and so I had my sunglasses on because it's you know bright, and I had my hat on, and and then on my shirt I'd put my glasses right here to hang in case I need them because I just I, I have 20/20 vision, but these are you know uh, when when I th see things close up. You know my my lenses don't don't adjust the way they used to when I was 25. So I had my glasses on my shirt, and I got to my truck, putting all my little flowers in, and then I shut the back of my truck, and I got in my truck, started it up, my glasses are missing. Now, what did I do? First thing I thought, that's a $400 pair of glasses. I got to go back over there, pay, spend all the time, and get me another pair of glasses. That's the first thing. Second thing come out, Father, show me where my glasses are. Got out of my truck, cut it off, got the key, and y'all walked down just... And I was expecting, and you know what? I found them in a buggy. It, they had fallen down. And it almost made me weak because I said, God, you know, you didn't have to help me find them. And you know, I know you say, well, you'd have found them anyway. Well, it boosts my faith if I ask God. So a couple of weeks ago, I was at my house. I'm just trying to show you how faith works. It's not big, it's into the little things. You've got to trust God with your heart. See, it's a heart relationship with your father. I went out, of, got out of my garage, and I just happened, we got a 50, 60-foot pine tree, two of them in my front yard. I looked up, and that thing is, uh, it's, it's, it's hitting my house, you know, right at the roof where my shingles are. I said, mm, that ain't good right there. And so I said, Lord, I need a person that can help me take those limbs down. Show me how, who. And I left it there. Y'all, I promise you. I was planting flowers under a tree a couple of weeks ago. No kidding. A guy walks up into my yard and said, you need some limbs taken down. I said, uh-huh. He said, I'll do it for such and such. I said, do it. And I wrote him a check. And you know what I thought? See, I didn't even, I asked and God did it. Now, and in fact, I wept a little bit. Nobody saw me. I thought, God, you know, when you walk with God like that, little things become Big things. And then big things become little things. Did you hear what I just said? 2000, I think it's 2006 maybe. 
we were in the building. We built a building on Aversburg. Y'all okay? Everybody's quiet. We built a building on Aversburg Road, and we outgrew it fairly quickly. You know, it was just a few acres. It wasn't very much, and we didn't have anywhere for the kids to go, and didn't have room for a playground, yada, yada. We just need another building. So, um, so uh, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, we need another place to uh, meet as a church. We need to build another building or find another one somewhere. I ask you for another place for Victory Church to have church. In the name of Jesus, show me where. Y'all, listen, that was 2006. Did you know the board and I, we probably looked at, man, I wish I had kept a record, maybe 25 pieces of property. And not one person would sell one to us. In fact, one guy had 25 acres out on 50. And he said, well, I'm a believer too. I said, well, we'd like to purchase this property. I had the board with me. He said, well, you know what he said? He said, well, I'll put out a fleece. I said, huh? He said, if God answers my fleece, I'll sell it to you. If he doesn't, then I won't sell it. He never did sell it to us. I thought, you crazy man. <laughs> True story. So 2006, 2007, 2008, uh, 2009, we're believing God, looking around for property, you know, the church, you know, gracious me. Had all kinds of people and stuff and just needed for, so I started getting up and that's if you were here way back then. I started saying, one day I'll stand up and I'll say, we have another piece of property. In fact, we found one on Highway 70 across from what used to be Applebee's and about 10 acres with a big old building. And I met with the owners and the board and I, and they said, we'll sell it to you. But it was a whopping price tag. I mean, it was like three plus times more than we paid for this. So I put a picture of it on a card. And every Sunday, I say, one day we'll be in, on a new piece of property. And I said, y'all believe God with us. Let's put some money in the building fund. There's something that happens to your life when you trust God with things you can't see. It looked like we couldn't get that. It would never work. See, see when you're trusting God, even, even if you're trusting and God has something better for you, watch this. The first Tuesday of January 2013, I was going by that piece of property that I'd put on the card that was available that we needed to purchase, and it was a big old wad of cat money. And I'd walk, I'd drive by, and I'd say, Lord, thank you for two things, a supernatural contract on that property and then a supernatural way to buy it. First Tuesday of January, I drove by, and I started to say what I said. Every single time I passed that property, that's what I said. Somebody's in the car, I said, shh, 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 and I'd say that. I drove by, and right when I started, in fact, sometimes I'd just point. See that right there, Lord? I thank you for two things. When I point out, he said, Mitch. I said, huh? Uh, you can believe if you want to for that, but if you'll let me, I'll give you something better. But you got to let that go. Hmm. Okay, I'll do it. Ten days later. In fact, 15 days later. I looked at where we're at right now. I got to shorten the story. And we bought this property. Is God good? How long had I been believing? From 2006 to 2013. What's that, seven years, right? Everything doesn't come quickly or automatically. That's why people lose their confidence in God. Did you hear what I just said? God called Moses to set the Israelites free, but it took him 40 years on the backside of the desert before God used him. Yes or no? God called Joseph, but it took 13 years and part of that in the prison. Did you hear me? 
took Noah 120 years to build that big boat. And the whole time people are sneering, laughing, mocking, jeering. What are you doing? It's never rained. You say it's going, you need a boat? Man, there's no water <laughs> how far from here? Are you crazy? You are cuckoo. He said, I'm just going by what God said. By faith, Noah built the ark. And see, see, when God gives you things by faith, we've been believing for four and a half years for this building to be built. When you walk by faith, it tests everything you are. And then when it comes to pass, it shows you how faithful God is. Did you hear me? But you got to believe in things you can't see. Does that make sense? Did you get it? First time I did this was in 19, well, in a big way, in the small things, but in a big way, Susan and I moved 1,200 miles from home to Oklahoma to go to the second Bible school together, and I, uh, and I didn't have a job. I think I told you this story, but I'll summarize quickly. And uh, there was a job available in a unionized grocery store that would pay what is today $30 an hour, and that was good for a little boy, 21 years old, who had just got married going to Bible school. That's not bad, right? I mean, that's not bad. So uh, I said, God, I need, I need a job there, right, right there, because I got car payments, I got, you know, payment, I got to pay for the schooling, I, you know, I got to pay for my apartment and all this stuff. And, and I got a wife, I got to help her. And she was working too, you know. But I grabbed a hold of that thing like a dog grabs a bone. I said, Father, I want that job. And I went to 23 different groceries. They had 23 stores. It was in a unionized grocery store. And I went to 23 of them. And I kept hearing week after week after week. It took me like eight weeks to get the job. Week after week, every single manager said, they're not available. You got to start as a bag boy and work your way up. At the time, minimum wage was $2.25 an hour. Mm -hmm. And what and that would probably be like eight or nine dollars an hour now. You get it? And uh, every week I kept hearing no, 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 no. But I got that job. And when I did, you know what it showed me? God can do anything. If you'll only believe. So maybe you got creaky joints in your body. Maybe some of the organs in your body aren't working. Maybe you need, God needs to bless your business. Maybe you're looking into the future, the finances of America, saying, what are we going to do? If you trust God, God will make a way for you. He'll pass over a million people just to get you. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? You say, what are we going to do? They're burning down all the food places. Somebody sent me an email this week. Here's a, over 100 food places already burned down in America. We ain't going to have any food. Friends, I've been young. And I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Huh? A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. Won't come near you. Can you trust that when it looks like it ain't happening? Do you hear me? Two things exist in two realms. First of all, the spiritual. Secondly, it manifests as you believe, as you hook your personal Wi-Fi up to heaven and say, thank you. Most of the time when I pray about things personally, I pray one time. If I have to pray two times, it's because I didn't pray in faith the first one. And I've had to have, to have times I said, Lord, I don't believe I was really believing that time. Here we go again. Here's, here's, here's time number two. I ask for such and such. And y'all, when you have a track record of God doing these things for you over and over and over and over and over, then when the big things come, 
don't get agitated and upset and move and get a queasy stomach and can't sleep and what are we going to do? You trust God. How many here? Lester Summerall, I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. There's another story. I listened to these stories when I was young. I bet I listened to them hundreds of times and they got inside of me. He, uh, he traveled the world with a guy named Howard Carter back in the, uh, must have been, let me see, he was born in 1911, 2030. So it's probably in the 30s and 40s. And, um, oh, there's Howard Carter. Look at there. Howard Carter bought a building at a Bible school in England, London, England. And he bought a Bible school and signed a 90,000-pound note. And this is probably in the 30s. A 90,000-pound note. And it was due and payable in three months. He signed his name. He didn't have a dime. Signed his name. The, children, the students came into the building 30 days from the time he signed. You got 90 days to pay. They said, you got a third of the money, right? You got a third of the money. They come to eat breakfast. He's there eating his breakfast. You got a third of the money, right? He said, well, no, I don't need it until two months from now. Well, I thought you were a man of faith, the, school, the, the students said. You ought to have at least a third. He said, no, I, I don't have any. I, I don't need it until 60 days from now. It's a 90-day note. And they started getting troubled. And he was resting. He was happy. He was doing his work, doing his stuff. 30 days later, here's, here's uh, 60 days in. You, you, got, you got two-thirds of the money now, right? He said, no, I don't need it today. I don't need it until 90 days. It's a 90-day note. I don't have any. You're a man of God. And they started getting mad with him, started fasting, praying. Oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, please help our, the proprietor of our school. He's supposed to have all this money. You don't have any. See, they were trusting only in things they couldn't see. He got down to the day before. Nobody would even look at him. The students would come to breakfast. Lester Summerall tells the story. Said the students came to school, came to breakfast that morning. It's the day before the note was due and payable. 90,000 pounds. You got it all today. Nobody would look at him. He was sitting there. He was eating his, you know, he was eating his food. They have interesting breakfast in England. You ever been to England? Interesting. I won't eat, I don't have time to talk about it. So he's eating his breakfast. And uh, so nobody would make eye contact finally. Somebody looked and said, you got it all, right? He said, I don't have any. And boy, they were ready to fire him as the overseer of the school because he had no money. And the next day, 90,000 pounds is due. And so we went to his room after he taught that day. He, got, he said, you know, God, won't you show these other people what I already know? That I have this. See, faith believes you receive. Believes you have it before you got it. Because things exist in two realms. The spiritual, then the natural. He said, won't you show them? Well, they had several deliveries a day of London Daily Mail. And the very last delivery of the day, he got this great big envelope in the mail. And he thought it was little clippings from newspapers because people that didn't like his ministry would clip newspaper clippings and put them in there saying, we don't believe what you're preaching. We don't believe. He said, I just, and he got it and he said, whoa, must be a lot of newspaper clippings from an elderly lady. I don't, can't stomach this going to sleep. So he put it down. And the Lord said to him, won't you open the envelope? He said, I don't want to look at those clippings tonight before I go to sleep. The Lord said, no, open the envelope. He opened the envelope the night before the 90,000 pounds were due. 
opened it up. Here's 90,000 pounds worth of $100 bills. Is that amazing? Now you know the English pound is worth more than the dollar. But he had every penny of it. And then you know what his response was? Only just, only just 90,000? Because he thought he'd get a little extra. And God said, that's all you ask for. <laughs> True story. He got to the room the next morning where they eat breakfast. Nobody would look him in the eyes again. He had the, he had the uh, envelope on the table. He said, uh, he was trying to catch somebody and nobody would look at him. He looked him down because they thought they were going to lose the school. And Lester Sumrall said when he was excited, he would just kind of tip the table with his fingers. Because he was an Englishman, and sometimes they're, you know, really stoic. And finally, he caught somebody's eye, and he said, he said, look at the envelope. He pointed towards the envelope with his, and he's doing this. And finally, he got the envelope, and they said, what is it? He said, well, look. They opened that envelope and saw all that money, and all started dancing a jig. Woo, praise God. God is big. God is good. He didn't say anything. They couldn't praise God until they saw he was happy the whole time. And they were dancing and praising God. They had been fasting and praying and missing meals. He just looked at him and said, well, y'all enjoy your dancing. I've got to go pay the bill. That's the faith of God, y'all. You hear me? Faith will test you. I mean, you hear what I just said. The bigger the faith, the greater the test. So I just want to encourage you. Trust God with small things. Things that if you don't get that pencil, it's going to be okay. You know, if, if, you, if you don't get another shirt, it's all right. You hear me? Start with things that don't matter and let it grow. And watch what God can do. I've watched God do amazing things through my life just by exercising faith. I don't think I'm a big faith poomba. I just think I have a great big God. And I think I've made a lot of mistakes in doing that. But I can tell you, when you live your life like this, it takes the worry away, the uncertainty away. You won't wear a hole in your stomach. You'll be able to sleep at night. You'll be able to rest on the promises of God.